Hey, I'm Matt. Welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church. Whether you're one of our students, or a parent of a student, or just someone who wants to grow in their faith and study God's Word with us, feel free to join us Wednesday night, you know, whenever. Welcome back to Wednesday Night Whenever. Um, We're week four now of our lesson series, What God Ships, looking at uh, the biblical view on friendships, relationships, and marriage. This is kind of like part two of our our discussion on on relationships and dating. You know, we looked at being single uh, last last week and, this, and talked about the single dilemma which remember uh, spoilers if you haven't listened to that yet but uh, there is no dilemma in being single we're to focus on serving God in whatever season he calls us in whether we're single or in a relationship or married w- whatever that looks like we're to focus on the things that God would have us to do and, and his will for our life in whatever season we find ourselves in and so now we're moving forward. Now we're looking at, at dating. You know, what what is what does Christian dating look like? You know, what does it look like to to date as a believer? Well, it it, it happens by pursuing three different three three points. We have three points of of pursual that we are to do. And so that's what we that's what we look at look at now is the three the three things that we need to be in pursuit of as we focus on relationships as we get into you know dating somebody um you know we we need to make sure we're pursuing the right things we need to have the right dating agenda so now let's rewind it back to wednesday night and look at the dating agenda you know as always i'm so glad you're here i said that last week as well uh, i'm always glad i'm always glad when y'all when y'all were here but um, we are now in the last half of our series, What God Ships, and we're, we're looking at the biblical view on friendships, on relationships, and on marriage. And, um, you know, this is part two or volume two of, uh, you know, looking at relationships. And I know I've already talked to several of you before, and y'all were so excited for tonight, which makes me happy. Um, but we're looking at relationships and dating. You know, what God says about these topics, you know, what, what His Word says regarding you know, dating and relationships and how, how we as believers are to, are to act and to live. And last week we discussed the single dilemma, you know, and the fact that, you know what, there isn't a single dilemma. Um, you know, there isn't a dilemma in being single. There really isn't. Being single is okay. And Paul actually says it is preferred. Um, that was his opinion from that we saw last week. You know, we looked at, at Paul's opinion on the matter, and he said that being single allows you to focus on, on pleasing God because you're not, you're not, you're not married. Um, you know, and you're not worried about pleasing a spouse or, or taking care of a family. Um, you know, you've got this extra time when, when you're single to focus on God and to focus on growing in your faith and to do the God-pleasing things. But, but what, no matter what phase that, that you're at, you know, whatever season you're in, you know, we're to seek to do God's will where He has you right now. Um, you know, to seek out God's, God's will, to live out His will where you're at. You know, make that your goal instead of what, whatever it is that the culture around you is, is trying to tell you 
to do. Seek out to live God's will right now instead of pursuing the, the, the desires of your flesh. So, so wherever you're at right now, like in this very moment of your life, seek to please God by living out His will for your life. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. But tonight, you know, we, we jump headfirst into, into dating um, you know, we're moving past the single life into, into dating and what a biblical view of dating is. And it's not some cheesy pickup lines or, or some style tips. I've got a bunch of guys in here now. You know, this isn't going to be a lesson on, on how you get the girl of your dreams or, or, Kim, how you get the guy of your dreams. You know, but, but what it, but, but, yeah, but, but this is what it means to date as a believer. And, and, and we're, we're looking at tonight the dating agenda. All right, so before we go forward, you know, I actually do have some cheesy, some cheesy Christian pickup lines I wanted to share with you. I do. You've, it's like you've read these already. So these are my top ten. These are, this is like my top ten list of the cheesiest Christian pickup lines. Are you ready? Number, number ten, I just, want, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. No, I'm praying for you. <laughs> number nine, you float, you float my ark. Number eight, now I know why Solomon had 700 wives, because he never met you. Yeah. Yeah. Number seven, number seven, is it hot in here, or is, it, or is that just the Holy Spirit burning inside of you? This is, this is obviously Luke's favorite. Number six, so last night I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized I don't have yours. That one was on here. Number five, number five, what's your name and number so I can add you to my prayer list? Yeah. Do what? Yeah, that was on here too. I did. I did read that. Number four, the word says, "Give drink to those who are thirsty and feed the hungry." How about dinner? Number three, I believe one of my ribs belongs to you. Yeah. Number two. Number two. This may be my favorite, but it didn't make number one. Close. My spiritual gift is my good looks. It lifts people's spirits. No, I said my gift is tongues. That one was on. That one was on that list too. Number one. Where are the girls? I know you're waiting with bated breath. Number one. I'm sorry. Number one. Is it a sin that you stole my heart? Yeah. 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 Now, I, it's funny because I bet that this was the moment where some of you finally started taking notes. Chapter four, whoa, 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 verse five. Yet yeah, no, I did see see one that says "Song of Song of Songs" the remix or something. Have you seen the Song of Songs Valentines? No, I haven't seen that one. You need to send those that list out on Revival. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I know, I know. This is kind of how how some of you know, this is kind of what your generation would say is cringe, this is a right? This is the hot line. Thy hair is like a flock of goats that appear from Mount Gilead. <laughs> I did. Okay, yeah, that was. Thy teeth are like a flock of sheep that are even shorn, which came up from the washing, whereof every one bear twins, and none is barren among them. I'm sorry, I'm married. I know that. I know that's hot. That's hot, right? But, yeah. That made the podcast too. That is. That is very. Wait, is this recorded? Yeah, I'm recording this right now. That is. That is the definition of, of cringe. Oh my. Um. And I, and I know, you know, I know 
for for some of you, for some of you, um, dating is kind of kind of cringy or thinking about it. Um, you know, just the idea of of talking to a member of the opposite sex is maybe a little bit on the uncomfortable side. And you know, I remember, I do remember, you know, when I was your age, once upon a time ago, you know, I had I had no idea how to talk to girls, right? You know, I was I was shy, I was awkward. I still am a bit awkward. I'm not I'm not shy so much, right? But um, actually, you know, uh, story time real quick. The last the last date that I that I went on before I met my wife was so awkward. It was so uncomfortable. And and during the I remember during the date, I, I even asked myself uh, in my head, by the way, not out loud. I'm not that awkward. But but I asked myself why. Like you know, um, why is this so forced? Why is this so weird? Because the thing is, I knew this girl before. You know, we we went on a date a long, uh, you know, years ago. But you know, so I knew her. Um, I'd known her for a little while. She was pretty enough, and you know, not as beautiful as my wife, but but you know, enough. She was nice enough. So so why did I? Why did it just? Why did it feel weird? You know, why did it feel just uncomfortable and weird? And looking back now with with twenty twenty hindsight, I can see it kind of clear as day. And it was because we were pursuing different things. You know, at that time in our life, we were pursuing different things. We wanted different things out of life. She was pursuing her work, like her work was her life, and I was pursuing Christ. You know, I had just, I had just come from this mountaintop moment in my life where I surrendered to ministry, and God had really moved in my life. And, um, and so we just we were, we were going different ways. We were like two passing ships, right? And, and it just didn't work, and that's why it felt so uncomfortable and weird. And like I told you last week, you know, I was done forcing relationships and, and settling and uh, I thank God that I learned that because, you know, a month later, I would, I would meet my future wife. Um, but I told you all last week, you know, to, to know your worth, to know, to know what you're worth, and don't just settle for somebody. You know, don't just settle for somebody who you know is not right for you. You know, don't settle for someone who treats you like garbage, um, you know, because you're worth so much more than that. Uh, Jesus, Jesus died for you. Know your worth. You know, know who you are in Christ because it matters. It matters. Um, but you know, I truly love your, your generation. I love, uh, your, your age group. You know, you crave honesty, uh, and authenticity. I truly do love that about, about your, your generation. Um, so I'm going to give you honesty tonight. I'm going to be real with you. Um, you know, tonight I, I want to be, to be honest and, and be real, you know, no matter if you're, no matter if you're in a relationship tonight, no matter if you're, if you're single, if you're talking to somebody or, or whatever, you have to know what the dating agenda is. You have to know what the dating agenda is. You have to know what the intentions are, what your intentions are in dating somebody. You know, and that requires honesty. That requires being vulnerable and, and, and talking to the other person, being open with, with whoever it is. Because today, like we've already talked about, you know, let, let's be honest, the, the dating agenda for so many for so many, it's purely physical. It's purely physical. It is. It, it, it's purely physical. It just, just it's lust fueled, and it, and it's and, and lust filled intentions are are the the agenda for for many relationships today. Um, um, that that that's one. But hey, or maybe maybe the agenda for dating somebody is influence, but uh, is is um is is influence and power related. You know, I see that as well. I see that a lot in the world today. Um, you know, you see it. I'm sure you see it all the time as well, you know, like that, that whole we could be a power couple thing, you know. I don't know what, what is that. I don't understand. You're not superheroes. You know, that's like, you know, power team activate. But, 
you know that that but that may that may appeal to you. You know that may that or that may not appeal to you, um, but maybe this does. You know, maybe you're you're drawn to those who are who are broken, or or maybe those who are broken are drawn to you. You know, maybe you're a believer who gets into relationships in order to fix people, right? You know, they need somebody good. Hey, I'm pretty good, so so maybe I can fix them and change them. Maybe I can save them. By the way, that was me. That was me. You know, if if you if you think I'm being like mean or judgy right now, or if you're like, ouch, you know, that things. Well, it does, and that would and, and it was that was me. You know, I I fall into that camp. Actually, you know, I fall into the other two as well. If I'm being honest, you know, many of my relationships were were fueled by lust, by influence, and ultimately, you know, um, you know, trying trying to trying to fix people, and um, and and. Uh, and I learned, you know, the you know the hard way that that pursuing these three things in a relationship will lead you to having your heart broken, will lead you to will lead to sadness, to depression, and ultimately it will waste your time. It will waste your time if these if these define your dating agendas. Let me save you some time. Let me save you some time. End it. End it. If you're spending your time obsessing over being in a relationship that will fulfill your flesh-fueled desires or, or your cravings for power and for influence, for looking good, or, or if you're trying to fix somebody, then, then you're wasting your time pursuing relationships that will leave you broken. So tonight, you know, we're, we're looking at the dating agenda. And I want to start off kind of fast. I'm starting off fast with this because I really want you to pay attention. I really want you to understand you know, there are so many different reasons why we, could, we, we try to date somebody or, or we find somebody attractive and we want to be with them. There's so many of these things in our culture that are, are, are bearing down of us and in, in, in influencing us to make these decisions. And I want you to understand that you don't have to do it. You don't have to give in to those things, right? So, so we're looking at a biblical dating agenda today. The, the dating agenda as believers, you know, and, and, and we as followers of Christ are to pursue, pursue different things. Um, so we're going to be looking at three points to pursue for ourselves. Um, you know, and also, and also for, um, you know, for, for those that, that we're pursuing, you know what I mean? So, so we're going to be looking at three points to pursue for ourselves and also in those that we date. Starting with number one. Number one, pursue sanctification. So, so last week, remember we talked about, you know, no matter what situation, situation that you find yourself in, you know, seek out to live God's will. Um, you know, seek to live out what Jesus commands of us, which is to go out and to make disciples. Uh, and, I, and I think I said God's will for your life is to go out and make disciples. And I want to clarify something real quick. Um, you know, we're, we're commanded by Christ to go and to bring others to him. You know, that's what he commanded uh, us as, as believers, as the church to do before he ascended into heaven, Right. Um, to, to live in such a way that shows others him, that shows that, that points others to Jesus, you know, by telling, uh, telling others about him, sharing your, your testimony, um, you know, and, and, you know, we are to do that. But, but th- here's the thing. If, if we don't spend our life pursuing the right things, then that's going to be very, very hard for us to do. 
It's going to be very hard for us to do. You know, we're, we're called Christians or, you know, little Christ for, for a reason. And it's because we are, we, we are to strive to be more and more and more like Christ. You know, like, like our Master. And, and that process, you know, the process in, in growing and becoming more and more like Jesus, that's called sanctification. That's what that's called. It's a big church word, but it, it just means to continue to grow and more, more and more like, like the Master. And, and, and that's what we're, we're meant to do. We are meant to pursue sanctification, right? To being sanctified. Paul writes in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. It says, For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you knows how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not with lustful passions like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and take advantage of a brother or sister in this manner. Because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses. And we also previously told and warned you, for God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. Consequently, anyone who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. So Paul, here he's saying your sanctification is the will of God for your life, for your life to look more and more like him. And then he explains how. Well, how does that happen? You know, how do we do that? How do we come, become more and more like Christ? Like, what do we do? And, and Paul lays it out here and he says, you know, we're to keep away from things. We're to keep away from, from sexual immorality, right? And he says, each of you knows how to control your own bodies. And, and, and remember, he's writing to the church here in Thessalonica. It's, it, it's, he's writing it to a group of born-again believers. He's not writing it to some unbelievers. He's not writing this to a pagan nation. He's, he's writing this to the church. And, and, and he says, you know what is right. You know what is right. You know you know how to have self-control when it comes to your bodies. You know you know how to to treat your bodies with holiness and, and honor. Um, and actually, you know he he wrote in First Corinthians chapter six, and he, and he says um, to the church there, to the Corinthian church, flee sexual immorality! Exclamation point. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. You were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. So here he, he, he's, he's kind of saying the same thing here to the, to the Thessalonian church. To, to control your bodies in a holy and honorable way and not to be led astray like the ones who do not know God. So, so worldly agenda for, for dating... You know, we talked about this a second ago. You know, the, the, the big one out there, it's the, the uh, agenda in dating, it's, it's all about, you know, it's all about looks. It's all about our feelings. And, you know, and we've talked before about how, you know, being led by our feelings and how dangerous that is. Um, you know, be, being, being led by our feelings and um, because they, they're purely circumstantial. You know, they're purely, purely circumstantial. You know, we can't let our reason for being with somebody be rooted in how they make us feel or, or what they look like on the outside or, uh, you know, be, because here's the thing, and I want you to know that there is no person, there is no person who can perfectly fulfill you. There isn't. You know, they, they can be the most attractive person you've ever seen, but they will at some point let you down. I can promise you that. And, and a relationship that is based solely on, on, on physical needs being met, it isn't a relationship, it's sin. 
it's sin. Yes, sexual immorality is, is a sin in all shapes and sizes. You know, Paul says many a time to flee sexual immorality, run from it. You know, we're, we're to seek to honor God with our bodies because our bodies are not our own. They're not our own. They were, they were bought at a price. They were bought by the blood shed by Jesus on the cross. On your behalf. And so when it comes to dating, we have to understand that as believers, we're to pursue relationships that will help us in the process of sanctification. You know, ones that, that will not lead us astray. Ones that will not lead us into sexual immorality. You know, that ones that will not hinder our walk with Christ. Uh, Colossians 3, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seating at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not earthly things. And so instead of, instead of going after these things that will seek to please us, um, um, ple- to please our, flesh des- our fleshly desires, we, instead we're to seek the things of God that are above, right? The godly things. Pursue being sanctified, being made more and more like Jesus, right? And, 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 and that happens when, we're, when we stay in His Word. You know, that, 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 that happens when we, when we dive into His Word. That happens when we stay connected to Him through prayer. That, that happens when we stay connected to a body of believers, right? So seek, seek sanctification. Pursue a life that is sanctified, that looks, that, that, a life that is looking more and more like Christ. And, and hey, by doing this, by the way, you'll attract others who are pursuing that as well. And what a great way for a godly relationship to start, you know, with two people seeking sanctification. So that's number one. Second point to pursue as a believer Number two, pursue holiness. Pursue holiness. Let's look back at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, Paul says, For God has not called us to impurity, but to live in holiness. To live in holiness. So we're to pursue a life of, of holiness, to live a holy life. And, and what that means is a life that is set apart. A life that is set apart from the rest of the world. You know, we're, we're called to live like, like this is not our home. You know, because it's not. It's not our home. You know, we have a much more heavenly home awaiting us, and if we're not careful, we can forget that, or we can take that for granted, you know, and we can start seeking the things here on, on earth. You know, we get, get so consumed by the culture around us and its desires, and, and we seek to what, to what the culture around, uh, around us makes us think that we want and that we need. Um, you know, like being in a relationship, by the way, you know, hey, uh, I've I've heard you know when I was when I was your age, you know, it was it wasn't cool to be single. Like it, it was if you were if you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend, if you had a significant other, you were seen as 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 cool. You were seen as 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 better, right? You you that's that's what it was. You're not cool unless you're dating somebody, and so we seek to attract or be attractive, and and then and then that's when that's when we listen to what the world says is attractive and then we do whatever it is to to look a certain way you know we do that that mating ritual where we buy a big jacked up truck and grow a mullet no is that just a, or is that just here here watson that's just that's just here and that's not cool here anymore okay well anyway the mullets are coming back yeah well i'm, I'm glad to, i'm glad to hear you're not a, you're not attracted to mullet satan um, so, but anyway, you, you know, we, we seek to change who we are, you know, to, to be more attractive or to be what the world says is attractive. And, and, and so, um, so we have to do, we do whatever it takes to look a certain way and then, oh, I have to act differently too. And so we change who we are until one day we don't recognize ourselves in the mirror 
and, and say, well, now I, it's too far. I'm too far gone. I can't go back now. This is my life. Um, but, but the thing is, you're still left feeling alone and, and out of place. And sadly, that's so many today in the world, you know, that, that is. If that's not you, then that's probably somebody you know. Um, and, and, you know, seeking to be in, in a relationship thinking it'll, it'll give you what you're missing, uh, the influence, the popularity, the power. That's, that's a lot of people today. So, but the dating agenda for the believer, it cannot be in pursuing pleasure, you know, and it cannot be in pursuing power. You know, we are to seek and pursue holiness, which is a life set apart for God's purpose and God's glory, not our own. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, verse 21, it says, So if anyone purifies himself from being dishonorable, he will be a special instrument set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. And so we're, we're to live a life that is holy and set apart and pure so that God can use us, so that God can use us for, for ultimately for His glory, to point others to Him for every good work. And then number three, last one, the point to pursue is, is we are to, and this sound, I know this probably sounds like, well, duh, but, but just wait, we're, we're to pursue the one true God. Number three, we're to pursue the one true God. And yeah, and, and by the way, I know it seems like we're getting to these points a little fast, but I just want to give you some time because we're running out of time. I want to give you, some, well, actually, I think we're already out of time, but it's okay. But I really want to give you a little bit more time at small group. But also, you know, I want to get, I really want to get this third point. This is, this is like, I really wanted to get here because it's big. And I mean, the other two are pretty big, but, but the thing is, you know, we're to, to watch what we do with our bodies, obviously. We are, you know, we're to seek and pursue a pure life that looks more and more like Christ. You know, and we're to pursue a life that is set apart for God's purpose and God's glory. And, and you may be asking, you know, I thought this was about dating. Well, pursuing these things will bring, will bring to you whoever God has for you. And, and by the way, you can't pursue these points by, by, going, by going out and getting drunk on the weekends or by doing drugs or by living a hedonistic, pleasure-filled lifestyle. Pursuing the opposite of these things will lead to relationships that will lead you far from God. You know, so pers- make sure you are pursuing the right things the godly things. And so this and so my third point here, pursue the one true God. And you know, and I mentioned earlier how how we can end up dating others for the sake of bringing them to Jesus and and that's a dangerous thing. You know, that's a dangerous thing thinking that we have the power to fix somebody only dating somebody because they need somebody good and you're you're a Christian, so you're good. But, but the thing is, we, ha- we don't have that power to fix somebody. We don't have that power to, to, to change somebody. And we have to understand that. Um, you know, I wish I had somebody preach to me from, the, from, from a stage like this, that exact thing at my age. I really do. But, but you know, that, that's, a dangerous, that's a dangerous road to tread. You know, many of the relationships I had were with unbelievers. And, and, it, and I, was, I was the sole reason... And in, few, in, in, a, in a few cases, the only reason they ever set foot in a church. You know, and, and also, you know, they were, they were the reason why I stopped going to church as much and started living that double life that had that one foot in the church and one foot out. And, you know, so, so dating an unbeliever, it made me a lukewarm Christian, and that's, that's not where you want to be. And Paul warns about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. He says, do not... Do not be yoked together with those who do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? 
Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Belial? Or, or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what argument does the temple of God have with idols? For we are, for we are the temple of the living God, and God said, I will dwell and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing, and I welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And so he asks these questions here, and they're, kind of, they're rhetorical. But, you know, and he asks them to make a point, asking, hey, what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? You know, what are good and evil? You know, does light fraternize with darkness? Is there, is there agreement between Jesus and some false god? You know, what, what does a born-again believer and an unbeliever have in common? Well, nothing. You know, these are all, these are all rhetorical things. You know, these are, these are two different things he's describing. And, you know, two different people, you know, one worships the one true God and the other chases idols, worships idols. And, you know, we have a tendency to put our significant others or our relationships on a pedestal sometimes. And, and you know, and we can worship them or our relationship. And, and then when those things are gone or when there are rocky and stormy seas, when, when they let us down, our world just comes crashing down. Because, you know, that foundation was built, was like, you know, like in the parable Jesus taught, that foundation was built in the sand, and the storm washed it away. You know, if we choose to date somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, as, as a believer, it can and will lead us away from God and have us chasing idols. Every time I think of this, by the way, I think of, you know, my mind goes to Solomon. You know, wise King Solomon. We talked about Solomon, Solomon in our series on friendships. You know, the guy had it all. He had wisdom, he had wealth, he had wives. His, his dad was, was, was King David, right? Israel's great king. And, and David's last words to his son here were, were to keep God's statutes. 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1-3, through 3, it says, As the time approached for David to die, he ordered his son Solomon, As for me, I am going the way of all the earth. Be strong and be a man, and keep your obligation to the Lord your God to walk in His ways and keep His statutes commands, ordinances, and decrees. This is written in the law of Moses so that you will have success in everything you do and wherever you turn. And the thing is, Solomon did that for a bit. You know, David died, Solomon takes up the throne, and, uh, and then Solomon, for a little while, he did that. But then we see what happens next. And he started following his own way and what he thought was right. We see in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh king of Egypt, by marrying Pharaoh's daughter. Solomon brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace, the Lord's temple, and the walls surrounding Jerusalem. However, the people were sacrificing on the high places because until that time, a temple for the Lord's name had not been built. Solomon loved the Lord by walking in the statutes of his father David, but he also sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. You know, that last verse there is so sad to me, and it's where so many find themselves today. Um, it says, Solomon loved the Lord by walking in the statutes of his father David. So he walked in those things. He followed after, after the God of his father, right? He did the things that were pleasing to God, but, there's a big old but there, but also he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He sacrificed idols. And that was, and that was where it started. That was where it started for Solomon. That was kind of the downfall if you will, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, it says, King Solomon loved many foreign women in addition to Pharaoh's daughter. 
Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them, and they must not intermarry with you, because they will turn your heart away to follow their gods. To these women, Solomon was deeply attached in love. He had 700 wives. Poor guy. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 who were concubines, and they turned his heart away. When Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God and his father David had been. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for a believer, as a believer, to date somebody who doesn't follow Jesus. We can't let the people in our lives and the people that we date lead us away from God. Because it happens so often. I see it all the time. And it breaks my heart. It's easy to let our feelings control us. And lead us to date or pursue relationships that will ultimately let us down or hurt us or lead us away from God and His plans for our life. As believers, when it comes to relationships, the world tells us to pursue pleasure, power, and pedestals. But as a born-again believer, as someone who follows after Christ, we are to pursue sanctification. A, lo- you know, a life that is becoming more and more like Jesus through staying in His Word, relying on Him through prayer, and staying connected to a body of believers. We're to pursue holiness, right? A life that is set apart for God and the good works that He has for us. Set apart to make disciples and point others to the Father by the way we live and by sharing our stories of transformation, our testimonies. And we're also to pursue the one true God. Staying away from idols, not idolizing worldly things or people, but focusing on God and worshiping Him and Him alone. So my question for you tonight as we close, what is your dating agenda? If you're in a relationship tonight, have you ever wondered what your goal in that relationship is? Like, Like, what is the end game? You know, are, you, are you pursuing the right things in your relationship? Or maybe, maybe a past relationship has left you scarred and broken, and for that, I'm sorry. Been there. You know, truly, I'm, 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 I'm sorry if that's you. You know, maybe you need to pursue these points for some healing. You know, because there is healing. You know, there is hope for you in Christ. You know, pursue a, a relationship with the one who, who died for you. Give him your relationship status. Or maybe you feel undateable, and that maybe makes you feel lonely and hurt. You know, we'll spend the time, spend, spend your time now in, in the Word. Pursue God and who He says you are. You know, pursue, pursue God in, in all that you do because, you know, you're not undateable, I promise, because I'm married. Pray with me. Father, we just thank you so much for tonight, God. We thank you, Father, for your Word and just what it says. God, regarding relationships, It's funny because there are people out there who think that your word is antiquated and old and outdated, Father, and that it has nothing to to say to us today in modern times, but it's so rich and it's so full of so much information, so much advice, so many things, God, and and I just thank you for that. And I just just pray, Father, that for all of us here, you know, when, when we go through things in life where we just think that, you know, who do I turn to? Who's going to understand? You know, who's going to know the, the, the answer to my question, Father? I pray for the boldness to just open up your word and to, and, 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 to, and, to search, and to search out what you say regarding these things because so many today rather go to the self-help aisle in the bookstore rather than your word, your word God. So, God, Father, I, I just pray that, that if we have, if, if, if it maybe, maybe we're here tonight and we have questions regarding relationships, well, Father, I pray that we can go to your word. But maybe it's somebody in our life. Maybe we have somebody in our life who's struggling 
feeling unlovable or undateable or, or just lonely. I, Father, I pray that we can point them to you. Maybe that will be our impact story next week. But God, I just, I just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for loving us. And God, help us rely on you in all these things. Continue to teach us and mold us and shape us in, into, into the, the man and, and woman that, that, that uh, you would have us to be. But God, I pray as, as these guys go into, a, a, uh, into their small group, I pray, God, that they can have good discussion. And, uh, and I just pray for all of us as we leave here, maybe we can continue to think about these things. You know, how we treat people, how we interact with others. But God, just, just use us for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, as always, thank you so much for listening to this. Um, remember, you know, this is for anybody, not just our students at, at Watson Baptist Church, but, um, you know, this is for anybody who, who uh, needs to grow in Christ. You know, this is for anybody who wants to get into God's Word and, and learn more and grow in their faith. And so um, feel free to share this with anybody um, that, that you would see that you would see fit that that would that you think would enjoy this um, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you wherever you find it wherever you listen to it uh, subscribe so that you can get these weekly uh, episode reminders as they go out um, but but yeah just thank you so much for listening i hope you have a blessed week